All right, welcome back, listeners, to Get Inspired and Innovate. On this podcast, we're going to talk about ESL populations. So, Stephanie, uh, how are you servicing your ESL populations in your school district? Um, so, we have an EL teacher in each of our buildings. Sometimes they have to travel between more than one building, which can be really difficult. Um, sometimes I think we need to reach our parents better, too, because we have a lot of parents and they don't speak English <laughs> and at times the kid speaks better English than the parents and so the kid has to translate all the information to that parent. And so we've started to create a culture where teachers are getting more training because a lot of our reg ed teachers, that's not their background, but we believe truly in full inclusion. So those students are in a regular ed class and sometimes the teachers don't know how to support that student or that culture. Um, I would say they do a really good job accommodating because of like our students with disabilities population and using some of those same accommodations. But when it comes to that culture side, I think sometimes we struggle with understanding the culture differences between different, like um, a Spanish family versus an American family and what that culture values and how that relates and all those um, hidden social rules that we have in our classrooms. Um, I think I was reading a statistic the other day and then it was by, I forget who it was by, but it was talking about how our schools are made for middle-class white people. And that's kind of crazy to think about because a lot of our students, they might be coming from a lower income family, they might be coming from a different background and we need to be able to reach all those students rather than just one subgroup. So what do you think, Lance? Yeah, so we have a global learning center that we have in, in our school district and uh, we, we bus a lot of students over there to, to get assistance with some of the things you're talking about. But we also have, uh, we have one of our schools specifically that's, that's over 75% Hispanic. Uh, so we have, we have a, a large Hispanic uh, speaking area in our school district. Uh, you, you know, and going into the going into that school uh, in that area, there's actually two schools that's kind of in that area. Uh, the culture is different, as you said. Um, I always asked one of the principals one time. I said, "Well, why does why does the kids walk with their heads down when they walk?" And he said, "Well, uh, in the Spanish culture, uh, and a lot of time, and there's, there's a lot of Guatemalans there also." He said, "To look someone in the eyes is disrespectful," and I said really? He said, yeah, that's disrespectful. Uh, so, you know, cause I'd always taught him, you know, you shake somebody's hand, firm handshake, you look them in the eyes, you speak to, speak to someone. Uh, I never realized that that was being disrespectful. Uh, so, you know, just culture, things like that, that we don't know. Uh, you know, and we struggle a lot with, uh, translating uh, our documents into different languages, things like that. You know, we, we thought at first that, uh, Google translate was going to be the silver bullet. And we're going to be able to dump everything in Google Translate, copy and paste it out into um, another Google Doc, and, and be good to go. Uh, but um, I'm sure, as you know, that that doesn't always translate straight over. Uh, we've also tried using uh, a Google spreadsheet. Uh, there's, a, there's a function you can write in there, so when you type in words, it'll auto-translate. I have used that with my students a little bit one-on-one -on -one with that. But the, the biggest thing that, I, that I've seen is um, we, we have students that come to us uh, and they're in the, the fourth and fifth grade and they've, they've never been in a school 
or they haven't been in school in three or four years. And we have to come up with a way to not only get past the language barrier, um, but we also have to come up with a way to, to catch up those three to four years. Uh, so we, we tried multiple different ways, uh, pullouts and uh, sending them to the GLC, working there. Language we usually can catch up in, in a couple of years. Uh, but it's those learning gaps of where they missed school for so long uh, that we struggle with uh, here in my school district. All right, so that brings us to our guest that we have tonight. We have uh, Bayard Nielsen. Uh, he is from San Jose, California. He is a Spanish teacher there, and he is an innovator from Mexico 2018. Uh, he, his project uh, deals with ESL. He's got a website out there that I'm not going to try to pronounce. We'll get him to pronounce it for you guys so, so that he can get you to it. Uh, but, Bayard, uh, talk to us about your project tonight. Talk to us why uh, you, you chose to go with ESL. Uh, and just just help all of us uh, people out here listening because I know we all struggle with with ESL populations. You bet, Lance and Stephanie. Thank you guys so much for for having me on. And uh, before I jump into my project, uh, if I can just piggyback on uh, some of the the resources and the terms that uh, that you guys were were using. So, um, Lance, you were talking about Google Translate and. Uh, about the spreadsheet function uh, to, to translate documents and words. Uh, some other fantastic tools for, uh, for doing translations, uh, uh, one would be uh, the app and the website uh, wordreference.com. So word reference uh, is, is the same idea as uh, Google Translate, except uh, it works more like a, a dictionary and uh, uh, Spanish teachers and language teachers know know all about this, uh, but uh, your your average uh, uh, teacher probably wouldn't. And the reason why it's uh, it's it's so powerful is um, while uh, Google Translate now does use uh, a, a great great algorithm to uh, give you better uh, translations depending on the the context that a word is being used in. Uh, word reference, when I uh, go to translate a word like um, uh, there, uh, it will give me all of the different uh, possible translations for there in Spanish, depending on what type of there I'm, I'm looking for. Um, so it, it'll give me all the different uh, parts of speech and all the different potential meanings of the word so that um, I'm not using uh, a, a there that, um, that isn't the correct usage that I'm looking for uh, in, in Spanish. And then um, another uh, great website that, that even fewer people know about is a website called Lingui, L-I-N-G-U-E-E. -E. And um, this is a, a little bit in between Google Translate and, uh, and word reference in that uh, it's a website that will uh, give you a translation for a word or a phrase. And its database uh, is actually uh, websites that have been translated by uh, an actual translator, a person as opposed to uh, a, a machine. So the uh, uh, translations that it gives you are, are uh, much more precise than a, uh, a translation that, that you'll get from a, a machine or an algorithm. So those are two other resources that uh, some of your listeners might not know about. 
Those are really good resources. I've never heard of them. <clears throat> and I can't wait to check them out to help students because we've been using Google Translate and it's been a struggle yeah. for some of it. I mean, it's, it's good, but I think those two references are really helpful. Have you ever heard of Talking Points? I haven't. What's Talking Points? So Talking Points is like a website kind of like Remind um, where you can communicate with parents, your ESL population, and it will send text messages. So you send it in English and it will take that and send it in Spanish, French, whatever language that parent decides to choose from. We, have, you, we tried it a little bit, but I wasn't sure how accurate it is. But it's a newer company. Um, like at ISTE, they were in the, I forget what that new company vendor area is. So they were in that area this past ISTE. I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with FormMule. Yes. Uh, okay, so you do use Formula. Formula also has uh, a translation uh, uh, feature. So uh, there's a, a, I don't know if it's a code that you put in or an option that you select, but Formula will automatically translate emails that you, that you send out. Um, I, don't, I don't know how solid of a translation it gives you, but that's an option as well. Okay. And um, Google Translate is very, very good. Uh, so as a Spanish teacher, uh, two other resources that I'd recommend, um, especially for Spanish teachers who are, might be worried that uh, if you're doing an assignment uh, in the classroom or at home, uh, if you're worried about plagiarism, uh, there's a great Chrome extension called Draftback. And uh, what Draftback will do is uh, all you need to do is add it, uh, uh, add it onto Chrome. Um, and I don't even need to be the uh, original editor of a document, just so long as a student submits it through Google Classroom. Um, and once the student submits it, I then become a, an editor. Uh, so if I open up a student's document in Draftback, uh, I can see all of the changes that a student has made uh, from the minute that they started um, editing the document. And I can see those visually. So uh, it's, it, it essentially makes a, a, a video for me that I can see uh, of how the student typed the document. So um, if I had uh, uh, Lance write out the homework for me and then I just copied and pasted from Lance document into mine, it will show me uh, how I started the document and then all of a sudden there was a huge copy and paste into my document. And then I added on a few more words um, to make the teacher think that I wrote it. So uh, that's cut down a lot on plagiarism in my classroom because on the first day of class, I just show students uh, this, uh, this extension and then show them a video of uh, me using this on a fake document that I made and say, uh, just so you guys are aware, this is uh, an extension that I use if I ever have a question about if you plagiarized something. And, um, it's, it's cut down tremendously on, on plagiarism. And when I do have a question about plagiarism, 
uh, I'll just open that up and, and that's, uh, uh, that's really helped in, in, uh, in doubts that I've had about if, if students work as their own. And one thing you had mentioned earlier was about like translation word for word and, and things mm -hmm. like that. One, one of my most uh, embarrassing moments in teaching uh, had to be, uh, I was, I, I taught next to a Spanish teacher and uh, I stepped out in the hallway one day and uh, the, the air conditioning wasn't working and she was sitting there fanning, fanning. And uh, I knew the word for, for hot was, uh, uh, Caliente. Well, caliente, yeah. I was thinking Picosa at first, but no, Caliente. And, and, and I said, ah, senorita is mucho caliente. <laughs> she goes, no, no, you do not say that. I said, what? I said, you're, you're hot. And she's like, no, that's not what that means. So, uh, yeah, that's one of, one of my most uh, embarrassing moments in teaching, I would have to say. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's one of those where when a student asks that, uh, or says that, and then, then I say, exactly, yeah, that does not mean what you think it means. And she'll say, what does it mean? And I just say, you know, that's, you got to Google that yourself. I'm not going to say that out loud. <laughs> yeah. So um, moving back to, to uh, my uh, innovator project, um, so the name that, that, uh, that Lance, you, you uh, said you'd leave to me is uh, www.auxiliaris.com de conversacion.org. So that's A-U-X-I-L-A-R-E-S-D-E-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-C-I-O-N.org. And uh, what that translates to is uh, an English language and culture assistant. And uh, what these, uh, uh, what my project is, is uh, I'll, I'll start with what the program itself is. So uh, before I became a Spanish teacher in the United States, I, I did this program. And uh, Auxiliares de Conversacion, or English Language and Culture Assistance, are uh, native English speakers uh, who moved to Spain. And these can be English speakers from the United States, from Canada, um, now they can be from uh, the Philippines as well, uh, from Australia, uh, and from a, a, a variety of other countries. So they move to Spain and um, they help uh, English teachers who are in special bilingual schools. So th these schools have a special certification uh, to have a bilingual program. And um, they are uh, teaching students who are absolutely thrilled to have these native English speakers in the classroom. Uh, and if you haven't been uh, an auxiliar de conversacion, it's, it's not really something that, that you, you know how to describe. Uh, it, you're literally a celebrity at the school. Uh, everybody is looking at you and saying, hello, how are you today? Uh, as you're walking through, through the halls because um, these are students who have never used their English with a native English speaker. Um, so the, the project that I created is uh, a website to help auxiliares de conversacion teach better and to do that for free. So um, the reason that uh, I created this project is there are these um, teachers and there's 
uh, over 2,000 of them each year. And uh, they are all placed throughout Spain. Uh, but the extent of uh, teacher preparation that they get is about uh, 75 minutes uh, of a, uh, uh, an orientation in teaching strategies at a meeting in Madrid. So um, after going through the teacher uh, academy in Madrid, uh, I came up uh, with the help of, of, my, uh, of my mentor with a website that has over 650 um, English as a foreign language resources, uh, a one-on-one -on -one mentoring program, and then a, uh, an 18-week uh, course that um, these auxiliares can take uh, that's taught by me and goes through uh, basic teaching strategies uh, that they can use uh, in the classroom. Your project seems very detailed and it seems like it took you a long time. So how long did it take you to gather all of those resources? So uh, I would say it probably took, uh, it's been six months uh, since I started putting everything together. Uh, and the course itself took uh, all summer to, to write um, and it's, uh, we already went through our first uh, round of the course and it was awesome. I was expecting uh, maybe 10 teachers to sign up and there were 40 teachers total. Um, so I was really glad that we did it over summer because I had plenty of time to, uh, to walk teachers through uh, these uh, teaching strategies and to design the, the curriculum. And then um, we started our, our next course in September and we're halfway through it now. Uh, but if any listeners are still interested in, in joining, they can definitely still sign up uh, through the website because it's all self-paced and they can uh, easily catch up with uh, the rest of us. And there'll be another course starting in January uh, as well. That, and, that, was, that was one question that I had for you was, and I think you answered part of it was, uh, how many people do you have involved in the, the program overall? And I know you said you, you had 40 uh, the summer. What was it looking like now? And um, what, how are you making people aware of this? Uh, how yeah, it's a great question, Lance. Uh, the, so that's one thing that was, um, that's been a big learning curve for me because I, uh, I was not that active in social media before taking all this on. So um, it, it's been a, a, a gradual process. Uh, the, I, um, one thing that uh, I learned through uh, the Google Innovator Program was um, the importance of uh, loving the problem and um, not being tied to one particular solution. So um, when I first approached this, I thought that uh, just creating a website would, would attract all of the auxiliaris uh, directly to my, uh, my program. And um, that ended up being not the, uh, the correct way to go. Uh, after talking with 
a lot of uh, auxiliares and doing more research, uh, I found out that uh, all of them are in Facebook groups. So uh, what I ended up doing was um, making a, uh, a Facebook group, making a Facebook page, uh, posting in the Facebook groups to, to find out um, better what it was that, that would be helpful to them uh, and, and going to them and, and instead of um, making a website first and, and, uh, and doing what it was I thought that they needed. So um, through that, I've gotten uh, more visitors uh, than, I, than I think I originally would have gotten. Uh, the one-on-one -on -one mentoring program, uh, now we have about 10 mentors uh, and they're taking on uh, between six to eight uh, mentees right now. So we have uh, about 60 uh, mentorships uh, that, are, that are happening. Uh, the one big area of growth is in the, the uh, English as a foreign language resources. So I said we have about 650 resources there. And uh, the vast majority of those ended up coming from one specific uh, teacher who uh, happened to have a really organized database and uh, was nice enough to, to let me add them to um, a, uh, a database that, that we have of, uh, uh, that, that we, that we piece together. Uh, so without that, uh, we would not have nearly as many resources as, as we currently do. And did your prototype at the Academy, I know at our Academy, they made us prototype. Was it looking the same as your project now, or did you make changes? So many changes. And, <laughs> and, uh, that's why there's one thing that I, uh, that I really liked at the Academy and that was the idea of, of critical feedback. Uh, and I think that before the Academy, uh, my idea of, of critical feedback, uh, was more along the idea of, of what my students see as, as feedback a lot of times, which is the, uh, the looking at somebody else's project and saying, yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, well, what feedback do you have for them? Um, it's good. And, and that being the end of it. Whereas uh, through the academy, I, I, I feel like after their descriptions of how much you can improve uh, if, you're, uh, if you're open to somebody being critical but, but giving um, really good advice, uh, I, I found myself after doing the prototypes, like like you said, Stephanie, uh, just really wanting somebody to say this. I do not like. Uh, I what I what I think is that this would be better. So um, one thing that my uh, mentor uh, suggested, and it was something that I, I uh, hadn't even thought of, was this resource database, and. Uh, he, when I asked him about it, uh, he said, you know, your, your um, teaching course sounds like a great idea, but uh, I think you need a, a, a database to, to get people coming back to your website because um, otherwise it, it seems like, a, well, I'll take a look at it once, but then never come back to it. 
so I was really, uh, I felt like I was really lucky to get uh, that feedback. And then just on the, the website itself, when I was imagining it, uh, so when I was at the academy, uh, I, and we were doing our prototypes, um, I thought, great, I'll open up uh, Google Classroom and, and start doing my prototype here. And uh, the one of the uh, the coaches said, no, 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 you're going to do it on a piece of paper. And I thought, a piece of paper? What are you talking about? Uh, but I'm so glad that that we did it that way because it was it was great to just physically move things around and and imagine uh, what the classroom would would look like. What uh, Stephanie? What was your experience with your prototype? Um, so mine was the same way. So I'm making a website. And I was just going to get on my computer and start making a website. And ours uh, instructor was like, no, you're not using technology. <laughs> and I'm like, this is Google. Like, what? I'm using a Google site, you know? And it was just funny because I was expecting the exact same thing. And I was like, well, this is a waste of time in my mind. You just writing it up on paper. I have what I want to do. And it actually really did help writing it out. And I was the type of person that I would make my presentations too in a Google slide before actually writing them out first. And that's kind of changed my perspective on when I present at conferences. I now write out my ideas rather than just jumping into a Google slide and just start creating. And it's really helped organize my thoughts. I can move things around like you said. Um, so I'm really glad they forced me to do that. And, I, and my project would not look the same as the website. And I think if I would have created it on an actual website, it probably would look like it did at the Academy and it wouldn't have been effective. That's awesome. And I, I know that you're big into lists as well. So does that, do you, do you think that those two combine? Or I think is they that do. Different? I think they do. And yeah. And I was like, I'm always like trying to save time, but I think writing it out first is helpful and it does save time in the long run. And it yeah. probably makes it more thorough and more detailed. Uh, also, when you do that, and one thing that you, you mentioned a second ago that I think that we probably uh, both learned at the academy, I, I think I can speak for Stephanie and I both going into the academy. I don't think that we either one liked feedback a whole lot uh, because you know we it was our thoughts. And this is what we you knew we knew what we wanted to do with it, but uh, we learned to accept feedback and, and to be able to tweak and make things better for our end user. Uh, in the process uh, because a lot of times we would make it for us and not for our user uh, and, and then it wouldn't be successful. So the feedback really helped us do that. And I didn't give good feedback. Um, like after at the going, academy? No, like after the, I learned how to give good feedback at the academy, but after the academy, I was like, well, this is good because, and it changed the way I, went to people because I mean I was working with a couple different Google innovators at the Academy and they're like well did you think about the ESL population with your project did you think about the the parents and that really got me to think about different users that would access my project um, and so it helps me with teachers now because so often you're so focused on as that um, quote that I said at the beginning of the podcast that middle class and now I'm like, are you focused on this population of students? Because you're not reaching them. So how can we reach them better? And one uh, recommendation I'd have for teachers that want to help their students give uh, solid feedback to each other 
uh, is it's called the critical friends protocol. And um, it's something that the Buck Institute came up with. And if you just Google critical friends protocol, uh, you'll, you'll get a really solid PDF uh, with the steps to go through. Um, it's, it's a presentation that I gave, or I actually did a presentation on this um, at Q that I can uh, give you the link for as well, but it's, it's the, what you'll find online is, uh, it, it is great, the steps that, to follow. Uh, one of the, a, a step that you'd never expect to be in there that is fantastic um, is when you're giving feedback to another group or to another student, you have that group turn around. So you're talking to their backs and it sounds silly, but um, I found that it, it uh, cuts down on anxiety uh, a lot. So uh, you're, you're, you're not facing the, uh, the person. You don't have to see their facial uh, reactions to, to what you're saying and, and vice versa. So um, they can just focus on taking notes uh, that they're hearing and, uh, um, and it, it, it lets you give more honest feedback. All right, so we're gonna go to our memes and quotes section. So what is your meme or quote for this week? Uh, so my quote is from uh, Dylan William, and it's, uh, if we create a culture where every teacher believes they need to improve, not because they are not good enough, but because they can be even better, there's no limit to what we can achieve. And I love this quote. Uh, it's from The Black Box, uh, which is a, a, a book that deals with um, changes in, in grading. And uh, the reason that it really resonates with me is uh, that I find that uh, there's, there's really no uh, end line for, for teaching. There's no... Uh, hey, we we finished what we're doing. Let's uh, let's go home and and call it a day. Because there's always one extra paper that you can grade. There's one extra uh, student email that you can send. Uh, and when you keep that in mind, when you just realize that that there's no limit to what you can achieve, uh, I think that that can uh, uh, bring some peace and clarity to. Uh, to to a lot of uh, of teachers. Yeah, I think that's so true. Um, especially if we change that to teachers to students. Even if we build a culture where every student believes, I think we can see a whole lot of difference in our classrooms. And then for mine, I put teachers don't hate PD; they just hate PD that is a waste of their time. I think so often we do the sit and get, and it's not active and it's not innovative. And so we need to change the way PD is because teachers don't hate it. It's just the way it's delivered to them that they hate. <laughs> yeah. That's such a great point. And it's so often uh, you'll, you'll see or you'll hear PD and even at conferences where uh, the, the presenter will give a PD about how to be innovative in the classroom, yet everybody's sitting down for 90 minutes. Uh, and it's just it, you aren't practicing what you preach. I mean, if you're if you're talking about how everybody needs to be active in order to use their brains, mm -hmm. but, but we aren't moving or we aren't talking to people next to us, that's 
that's PD that wastes our time, I think. And I chose to go with a meme this week, uh, as I usually do. And I, first off, let me say, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but we're going to go with it anyway because it's, it's online, so it has to be true. Uh, so I, I have got uh, this being changed from English to French. This is a, uh, a Google Translate uh, meme here. And it says, in English, I am a flat earther. And first off, I'm not trying to pick on any flat earthers out there. If you believe the earth is flat, you know, that's, <laughs> that's on you. Uh, and then it's changed to French, and it says, je suis un femme. And then it goes, they type in, je suis un femme again, and it comes out in English that I am a crazy person. <laughs> so, again, I don't know if this is truly accurate, but uh, I find it quite funny because it happens to me all the time on Google Translate. All right, let's, um, let's, let's jump into our last section, uh, something that was innovating for tomorrow. So, Bayer, what have you got for us? So uh, I actually just learned about this. Uh, it's a teaching strategy called Save the Last Word for Me. And uh, we were uh, looking at a, a book that uh, everybody at our school is reading uh, called Reaching Out by Francisco Jimenez. And uh, we, uh, we were in a group uh, just based on some, uh, uh, some teachers that are in my building. Uh, so the uh, uh, faculty lead told us to find a, a section, uh, find a quote that we really liked. And uh, they said to use this specific strategy. Uh, so I found a, a quote that I liked and um, the, I was in a group of three. So I read the quote and then the other two teachers uh, had to describe, the other two teachers had to describe um, why they thought the the passage was uh, was interesting and important, and then as the strategy is called, save the last word for me. Um, I then said why I chose it. So what I really liked about this strategy is um, I got to hear other perspectives as to um, why the quote was interesting, uh, and then I had the chance to either add on um, or I could not add on if, if uh, the other two people in my group had already hit the, the important points to me. Uh, but it, it was a good uh, chance to um, ensure equality in terms of participation. Uh, and for me, I plan on using it in, uh, in my Spanish classroom uh, as just a way to get uh, everybody speaking in, in the target language as well. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, so my find for this week was the landing pad. Um, so I don't know if any of you have heard of this idea, but I thought it was genius after I listened to this podcast podcast episode from Jane Sternovit. And what he does is he takes a Google Doc and he puts all of his students into like four different groups. So group one has to do this activity, group two does this activity, group three. And then the kids hyperlink their project to this Google Doc and that way he knows which kids are done and which ones aren't. And so I just thought that was a genius quick way to see, okay, Zach's still missing his project, so where is it? I need a conference with him. And a quick way just to talk with students and keep them accountable for their work. And then you just click the links and you can grade it real quick. So I thought it was a really cool idea. Lance, what's your idea? All right, well, this one's been around for a little while, but I, I felt like it was uh, worthy of sharing. It's called uh, Awesome Table. Uh, so what it allows you to do is a lot of times we have information that's on spreadsheets and things like that, uh, but we need to display it in a, 
you know, a more pretty format on a website or something like that. So Awesome Table will actually go in and grab all your data off of your, your Google Sheet. Uh, and then you can add icons and pictures and blocks, however you want to make it look. And then it will send all of your data out to a website to where then your users can see it and, and use it. So we've got a list of our, our course offerings that we have uh, all on a spreadsheet and how much they cost and descriptions of those courses, uh, who the provider is. Uh, and then on our website, then it takes that data from the spreadsheet and it makes like blocks like your uh, Google Classroom blocks and has all the data, all the information on it. And then people can actually click on those blocks and it will give them more information. So it's just a, it's a quick and easy way to, uh, to get your information from your spreadsheet to your website. Lance, Awesome Table is great. And it's actually uh, the, the way that we organize all of our resources uh, on my website. Oh, great. So uh, all 650 uh, ESL resources that we have um, are put together using Awesome Table. So if you um, go to auxiliaresdeconversacion.org slash activities, uh, and you scroll down, uh, all of those resources um, are organized with a little mini icon uh, that summarizes the resource and then a title for the resource and a brief description of what it is. And, yeah, then, and that's all just running right off a spreadsheet, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. The, the, um, it's, what I love about Awesome Table is uh, we, uh, I made it so that Anybody can submit a resource using a Google form. And then all that I do is just copy from one form to the, or copy from the spreadsheet results to a final spreadsheet that uh, then uh, auto populates into that awesome table uh, that, that uh, shows the resources. See, I, I researched your website before we talked tonight, and I noticed that, so I thought I'd bring it out, you know. That's what I thought. You're setting me up. Yeah, no, but no that's, a, that's a complete lie. But I just like that you said it made everything pretty, and you're not one for making things look pretty, so I don't know why you're so into awesome tables. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you, Stephanie, for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening to Get Inspired and Innovate. If you'd like to find all the show notes, they are on our website at getinspiredandinnovate.com. There are a ton of resources from this week, so I highly suggest you do check out the resources. Also, make sure you subscribe to our weekly emails by going to Get Inspired and Innovate. So make sure you check out all those awesome resources. Um, Bayard, how can we connect with you? So you can connect with me at... Uh... You can connect with me uh, on Twitter at, um, at Auxiliares Spain, A-U-X-I-L-I-A-R-E-S-S-P-A-I-N, or shoot me an email at um, support at auxiliaresdeconversacion.org. I'm glad he said all of that instead of me because I am not very great at Spanish or French or any of those other languages. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check out the show notes and we can't wait to talk to you guys next week.